0: Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter one hundred and twenty four. Dumbass. Hey, Paul. Bank said, Can you get a move on? How many orders you got over there? What up, dog? Not getting enough mixed tobacco from the little squirt? Hey, squirt, you falling behind on the mixed part? That's maxed, Swire pouted. There's a whole pile of maxed right in front of him. Uh-oh, I said. Did not understand the significance of that pile. Guess it's ramming speed for me. Bang Goose laughed. <laughs> We keep you alive to save this ship. I gig-cackled. <laughs> All the kids in the room just looked mystified. Fuck, Squire, I thought. I mean, he couldn't try to cover for me. A little. I was the one guy back there defending him from Bang's stupid riffs on his name. So let him call you a little squirt, you know, dick dweep. I heard Cammy do one of her snarky gig-chuckles. <laughs> then... Just barely under her breath, so she'd be sure I heard it, she said, Dumbass. She pronounced the B. Dumb. Bass. Like she'd done a dozen times since I met her. She really needs to find a new word, I thought. There are a billion semi-obscene epithets and nicknames and deprecations in the English language. Why is she always going to the one she can't pronounce? You might be thinking, Yeah, sure. You're just steamed because she called you dumbass. I really wasn't. Think about it. It's like somebody tries to call you a bastard, but they accidentally say "Bastarino" Repeatedly. On the one hand, it's laugh your balls dry funny. On the other hand, it's just sad. Am I right? So now I was getting heat from Smarms, this slut who was holding a grudge against me for catching her out as Winthorpe's fuck toy, and also from the rest of the gang who wanted to know why I was gumming up their operation. I wanted to say, hey, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have an operation, you damn kids, ya." Yeah? But I just grinned like a team player. Time flew by for a while. I was being all professional and efficient and knocked the orders off, so I was all caught up to Squire's backlog of mixed tobacco. And while I was flying, I was handing off baggies to Smarms and making her work faster. But like I said, I was Mr. Professional. Just give her the bag, give her the bag, give her the... Here's another one. Yep, already. And another one. Until, like I said, we were all caught up. I need a break. Fonda said in a loud voice. Bang heard her and said, Okay, let's take 15. And I thought, great opportunity to light up a cig and get a drink across the street. But I decided instead to grab the elephant by the stones and confront Cammy head on like I'm good at. It's true. I'm good at being honest. Not like Parp who'd ghost her and make her guess why for the rest of her life. If something's bugging me, I tell people straight out. I was a little scared. I'm admitting it. But I paused for a second to remember the ball teeth. You remember the ball teeth? The little motivators I dreamed up literally when I was 13 years old? I pictured them as little piranha waiting for me to cower. Next thing I knew, my feet were shuffling toward Cammy, and the match was on. Oh, Cameron, I said. I was playing the mature card, so my voice was all low and adult. She looked at me. She didn't say anything. May I have a word with you for just a moment? A brief word. What do you want to talk about? She asked. No eye roll. No smirk like she was a colleague who had no reason to hate me but who didn't like the cut of my jib for some reason. Just for a moment, can we speak over here? I indicated the vestibule, the little room with the printer and computer and coat rack in it that acted as a buffer between the retail part of the store and the tobacco mixing part we were in. She sat there for a sec and looked at that room over my shoulder. I stared back at her, a stare that screamed, Mature. She said, okay. So we went into the vestibule. I kind of got over to the wall with the door in it that opened onto the retail space. That wall also had this obsolete laser printer up against it with its power cable draped over the top and covered in ancient printer cartridge schmutz. Hey, um, listen, I said. I was sorting out my thoughts. I I know I was a little hard on you and Winthorpe at the Film Center Cafe that day. I paused to let her say something, but she didn't. I didn't look her in the eye. I was looking more in the direction of her collarbone. I could see she was scratching her arm instead of interacting with me. I'm... I just want you to know I probably could have been more understanding. Understanding of what? Of a young woman's libidinous desires and the sort of well boy she might indulge them with. There was a long pause. Finally, I looked up at her face. Are you fucking insane? She almost screamed. She yanked herself away from the wall and stomped back and forth like a horse trying to shake off the pain it couldn't get rid of just by snorting. Like the pain of being kicked in the fetlock by a little boy with red hair and plaid shorts on his first visit to the stable. She stormed toward the tobacco room like she was running from a bad smell. Oh, Cameron. It was still the mature voice. She turned to me with something on fire in her eyes. Cameron, just FYI. The B in dumbass is silent. I walked past her and into the tobacco room. When I was just through the door, I glanced back and could see she was standing still as a snapshot and staring at the empty space I'd occupied a few moments before. When she finally walked back into the mixing room, I noticed her black dress was shorter than I'd thought before, and her legs... In hose with visible garters were what boys worldwide recognize as cunt stems. Break was over. Back to the mix and pack. But Cammy didn't go back to being all quiet. <laughs> no, sir. She was talking in megadecibels with Fonda about all the tasty dicks she gobbled in her life. Yeah, the two of them went on a tag teaming rant about cock gobbling. It turns out, dicks are all different shapes and sizes. They are circumcised or natural, thick or skinny, or long and hard. Mm, tasty dicks. Everybody shut up to listen to them riffing on man muscle. Every now and then, an onlooker would chime in with a kaboom because Fonda started calling orgasms explosions. Sploding dicks, Fonda yelled. Tasty, exploding dicks, cried Cammy. Then Cammy recited a series of stories illustrating her career as a philatrix, from her teen years right up to the present while leaving out the names of her victims who it seems are always idiots. And that was the point, wasn't it? To rub my face in it for some sadistic reason when she knew I couldn't reply but I just stood there watching the bullets bounce off my steely indifference. All I could think was, Christ, what a used-up slut. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2023 by Dan Wrench.